Today, we're going to talk about conflict. No, I'm not going to start arguing with my guest. But we are going to talk about tips for conflict resolution. Curious? You'll need to listen to the episode. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is part of the Digital Toolbox from Roundpeg, and this is your host, Lorraine Ball. And today, we're going to talk about conflict resolution with my guest, Ken Cloak. And he is absolutely the person to have this conversation. Ken is the director of the Center for Dispute Resolution. He's a mediator, an arbitrator, a facilitator, a coach, and a consultant, and he specializes in communication negotiation. He speaks internationally. He has written a number of books on the subject. He teaches at the university level about these books, and he has served as an administrative law judge for California Agricultural Label Relations Board. He has mediated a number of tough conversations, and today we're going to pick his brain on how to do that in your organization. Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lorraine. Ken, it is a pretty broad topic when you start talking about dispute resolution. But let's start with some typical situations. When conflicts arise, how do you diffuse that bomb before it becomes a really big problem? Well, there are probably millions of ways that you can begin to defuse them. And probably the most important ones are ones that we know about you can stop and take a moment and reflect so that you are not being emotionally reactive to whatever it is that's taking place, but that you have an opportunity to not feel threatened, not become defensive, but instead to ask questions about what is actually taking place. Can you give an example when you talk about asking questions about what's taking place? What kind of questions should people have in their arsenal Maybe that they've rehearsed so that they can come into that conversation prepared if they know it's going to be maybe a little bit difficult. Sure. An example of a good question is, why do you care so deeply about this? Why does this matter to you? Yeah, because if you both, if you look at yourself and you look at from the perspective of the other person and you understand why they're becoming emotional or why the conversation is being heated, you can respond to those underlying issues. Exactly right. Let me give a a slightly more elaborate response. There are three fundamental questions that you can ask any group of people. The first question is, who is the tallest person, the shortest person, the oldest person, the youngest person, the person who lives closest, the person who lives farthest away? And the answer to that question is one that in which there will be a single correct answer for everyone. The second category of question is how old are you? How tall are you? Where do you live? And now there's a single correct answer for each person. But if instead we ask the question, what does your age mean to you? What uh, issues are you facing at whatever age you are at? Uh, what does your home mean to you? Those are questions now that elicit multiple correct answers for each person. And those are much more interesting. So what's important is to not ask closed questions, 
but what we call open-ended questions, questions that give people to, permission to tell you who they are and what's important to them and why it matters. It's so interesting when you talk about this because I think the questions that you ask in a conflict resolution situation are very similar to what you want to ask in a sales situation. You want to get the other person talking and you want to be able to follow up with why. Why is that important? How will that help? And so I never really thought about the fact that resolving conflicts and selling. I think that's right, except that what we are selling here is uh, not so much a product uh, as a relationship and a process. So if you think for a moment about any business, uh, the business is uh, is attempting to do something, to produce something that's for sale. And all the focus is on the thing that is being produced. And while that thing is being produced, invisible, What is also being produced is the process of producing that thing. But between the thing that is produced and the process of producing it, which is the more powerful and which is the more lasting. But all of our attention is focused on the thing. And while we're producing the thing in the process, we're also producing all of our relationships. uh, And which is the more powerful and more lasting, the thing, the process, or the relationships? And I think it's the relationships. So we have to focus on all three. There has to be content, process, and relationship. When I think about the organizations that have been the most productive that I've spent my time in, they are the companies where there's a lot of open discussion and there is that opportunity to build those long-lasting relationships, high regard for the individuals, and great communication. Yes, we did great work and we do great work in that situation but it is that relationship and those processes that allow us to stay consistent that really make the difference over the long term i i think that's exactly right and in many um uh, organizations many businesses there's a little kind of element of family uh it depends on on how large you get come out of their families of origin and expect that at work they're going to be treated respectfully and kindly uh, and considerately, and they're going to be asked what they think, uh, and there will be opportunity for them to say what matters to them. Mm -hmm. The failure to do that is one of the chronic sources of conflict. One of the things that you talked a lot about is when you're sort of in the center of this conversation and you're trying to sort of manage the communication. What about if you are the business owner and you have two really valuable employees, but they are the ones that seem to be in to help them bridge that gap and return to a more productive and healthy communication? If you're the third party in any uh, conflict, you have multiple things that you can do. Uh, that can reorient them. For example, uh, you can help them redefine the problem, not as a you, but as an it. And that means trying to just simply change the pronouns that people are using to describe the problem. Uh, Most 
uh, initial conflict conversations take the form of a you statement, as in you did this or you are this. And what will happen automatically as a result is you will get defensiveness and response. Mm -hmm. But if you switch it to an it or an I or a we, all of a sudden you have a completely different response. A second thing that you can do is you can reorient the conversation from being about the past to being about the future. Because people can fight forever about what took place in the past, but they get into much uh, less heated arguments or disagreements about the future, and those are actually interesting disagreements. When you reorient it that way, when you stop talking about, well, you didn't do this, and you didn't do this, and I didn't do this, and you say, okay, all of that is behind us, but if we're going to go forward tomorrow, what should we do tomorrow? Then it becomes about building an action plan that, again, leads, I think, to that process you were talking about. Yes. The, the one difficulty is that what you want to do is to capture what didn't work in the past in order to be able to restructure it so it doesn't uh, continue on into the future. But the orientation is simply to fixing whatever it was that didn't work in that prior conversation. So here's another question you can ask people. If there is one thing that I could do that would make this relationship work better for you, uh, or would uh, uh, make you feel better about this conversation, what is that one thing that I could do? And now I'm going to tell you I'm ready to do that. Now would you like to hear what one thing is that you could do? That would help me. So kind of that, that whole one thing, kind of finding and, and finding agreement around those one things. And also starting with yourself. In other words, giving yourself some honest feedback and, and modeling, being willing to look at whatever it is that you are doing that isn't working for them. So here's a simple definition of conflict. Uh, it's simply a lack of skill at being able to handle someone else's behavior. Wow. That idea that if it's a lack of skill at not being able to handle someone else's behavior, it first puts the burden on you that you're not going to change their behavior. You have to learn how to work within that. And, and it really creates that sense of ownership that you have the responsibility to make the change. Exactly right. Ken, this has been great. This is really great information and I think very, very actionable for people to go into maybe some of those tough conversations and maybe slightly tense situations with a plan to do things differently. Thank you again for being part of the show. Thank you for inviting me. We're going to have a link to KenCloak.com so people can learn more about what you do. And we're certainly going to encourage them to check out all the information to find other ways that they can improve their communication. If you have enjoyed today's conversation, if you'd like to learn other business tips, be sure to check out our blog at roundpeg.biz. And look for more than a few words wherever you listen to podcasts. Listen to two. They're short. Share them with a friend and come back next week. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.